Last Sunday, we, we talked about New Year's resolutions, do you remember? And Aid encouraged us to make this the one resolution that we keep. Listen to this. Surrendering your life to Jesus, becoming a more complete person, empowered by the Spirit of God, putting your complete trust in Jesus again. Okay, listen to that. Take no notice of what's up on the wall behind me. Just listen to, to this one. This was the encouragement, the, the New Year's resolution. Surrendering your life to Jesus, becoming a more complete person, uh, empowered by the Spirit of God, and putting your complete trust in Jesus again. Wouldn't it be extraordinary if every single one of us said yes to that, really resolved to, to do that this year? And many of us responded last week by coming forward for prayer, prayer for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, of the authority and power of our Lord Jesus. Authority and power which only our living Lord Jesus can give us. And I'm so grateful that so many of us responded because don't we need the, the power, the authority of our living Lord Jesus? Don't we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit day by day? We also launched our verse for the year. Here it comes. Luke 10 verses 2 and 3. Jesus told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Yes. Jesus asks us to go. And he tells us to ask for people to bring in the harvest. So we're praying that there will be people who will bring in that harvest. But then Jesus tells us to go. And I love the way in which Aid encouraged us to be the answer to our own prayers. In other words, we're praying for these people who will go out into the harvest field but actually we are responding ourselves. Go, go, go. Our church mission statement is this, going with the good news and growing followers of Jesus. There it is. Do you want to say that with me? Going with the good news and growing followers of Jesus. Okay, many of you have memorised that over the years. It's on the big banner in the, in the entrance to the church. It is what uh, motivates us as believers in this place. So it's a significant time in the life of Topless United Free. We've just launched our mission communities. And these are not just revamped home groups. Let's see this. Yeah, there it goes. It's being launched. Okay, I love that little graphic. We are launching our mission communities and we want to see those growing and we want to see them as opportunities to welcome friends and neighbours, people who are on the fringe of the church. 
into these small groups to discover the Christian faith for themselves. And so we see these as, as not just a, a reworking of the old home group idea, but as an opportunity for us to invite friends, neighbours, people who, who want to discover more about the Christian faith. And I believe that God can use our mission communities to enable us to go out into the harvest field and gather in the harvest. To see people becoming Christians and growing in their Christian faith. Will you pray that the Lord of the harvest will send out workers into his harvest field? Will you? Will you respond to the call to go? Will you consider joining or supporting your local mission community? There's a, a wonderful verse at the end of Acts, Acts, uh, Acts 2, uh, which is a description of the earliest mission community. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What a great description that is of one of the earliest mission communities. And that's what we want to see happening in our own community as well. Our verse today is another command to go, and this time it's from the Old Testament, and it's God's word to Joshua as he's about to lead the Israelites into the Promised Land. Joshua 1 and verse 9, and the Lord says to Joshua, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Just look at that verse for a moment. There are two positive words there right at the very beginning. Strong and courageous. And then there are two slightly negative words. Terrified and discouraged. Okay, I'd like you just for, for a moment to imagine a, a bit of a seesaw, okay? On the one side we've got strong and courageous, and on the other side we've got terrified and discouraged. And just think about your own life for a moment. Sometimes you feel, yeah, I'm strong and, and courageous. Uh, that's that's a, a, a real great description of, of how I'm feeling, strong and courageous. Other times, maybe you're feeling terrified and, and discouraged, and all the strength and the, and the courage seems to evaporate. Okay, just turn to the person next to you for a moment, and you don't have to say this to anybody else, but just, just declare how you feel, whether you feel more strong and courageous than terrified and discouraged, or whether actually, let's be honest, I'm feeling a bit terrified and discouraged at the moment. Strength and, and, and courage seems to have gone out the window. Okay? You've got one minute. Go. Be honest. Okay?
Okay, so, there will be some of you who are feeling, yeah, I, I'm going into this new year knowing the strength of the Lord, knowing real courage, and there will be other people who are feeling a little bit disheartened, a little bit discouraged. And maybe you're seesawing from one to the other. Maybe one day, or these two of us, the other. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe one day you're feeling, yes, I can go for this. I can go out into that harvest field. I can, I can go and serve the Lord with all the strength and the, the courage that He gives me. And the next day, you think, where did that disappear to? I just feel, oh discouraged, disheartened, and a bit afraid of what's next. Okay? I believe that whatever our state of mind, whatever we're feeling right now, this is God's command and God's promise to us today. Okay? This verse. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. What an encouragement to every single one of us. Whatever's going on in our lives, whatever the situation we're facing, whether it's good or difficult, we have that promise, that encouragement that the Lord our God will be with us wherever we go. Wherever we go, go, go. That word just keeps cropping up rather a lot at the moment. Cropping up. Um, throughout, throughout my, my youth and when I was a young man, I had real problems with the idea of warfare and fighting. And, and I would typically, I, I would say, if there's a war, yes, you can put me in a frontline medical team, but don't ask me to take up arms. I'm not afraid to, to be involved, but don't ask me to fight. That was until our younger son, Ben, announced at the age of 16 that he was joining up as a Royal Marines commando. And then I had to do an awful lot of thinking and adjusting about the whole concept of warfare and, and the whole thing about the armed forces. And you know, I had to do a similar change of mindset around the same time, or perhaps a bit earlier, about spiritual warfare. As a young Christian, I did not go along with the battle mentality with any talk of our being the army of God, with any talk about warfare or about fighting the battle. Until I came to understand that, like it or not, we are engaged in a battle. This is a fact of life. It's a fact of our spiritual lives. Ephesians 6, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And that, of course, is why we have a kit list of spiritual armour to put on. You can find it in Ephesians 6. 
Why do we need to join the battle? Why do we need to put on the full armour of God? Why do we need to take our stand? It's because Satan doesn't like it when we become Christians. Doesn't like it when we obey the commands of Jesus. Doesn't like it when we get baptised, when we follow Jesus, when we go with the good news, when we go out into the harvest field. And so we have to be prepared. So I believe this morning is about encouraging us all as we go out. Encouragement for the army of God. Some encouragement for us as we go into the harvest field. And we have this morning some lessons from the life of Joshua. So, Joshua. Who, who is Joshua? Well, Joshua is the man who led the people of Israel into the promised land. He'd spent years in slavery and spent 40 years wandering with the people of Israel in the desert. And he was the man that God chose eventually to lead the people into Canaan, into the promised land. There's a book of the Bible named after him. And his name, Joshua, means the Lord saves or the Lord gives victory. What a great name to give your child, to give your son. Joshua, the Lord saves. Every time you call your son, the Lord saves. You're proclaiming that good news, that the Lord gives victory. And in fact, the name Jesus is the Greek version of that Hebrew name. It has the same meaning, the Lord saves. You are to call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So that's who Joshua is. Uh, we're going to read from Deuteronomy 31 to start off with. Um, and if you've got a church Bible, I believe it's on page 209. So see if you can find a church Bible which might be on your chair or under your chair. And see if you can follow some of these readings, um, because I'm going to ask you to take a part in a minute. Um, the story is this. Moses is about to hand over all leadership responsibility to the younger man, Joshua. Okay, Moses, who has been called by God to lead the people out of Egypt, to lead the people through the Red Sea and through the desert, for all these years, he's about to hand over all leadership responsibility to the younger man, Joshua. I, I haven't chosen this um, story for any other reason than that I believe that God has something to say to us. There's no other significance. Um, so, imagine, this is an enormous task. Okay, There's, this is vast nation of people, most of whom are, are pretty difficult people. Okay, they're rebellious, they're, they tend to complain and grumble and moan. Um, and not only has there been huge external opposition, uh, but also, and of course this is much more insidious, there's been internal opposition. So Moses is just about to say, here you are mate, okay, it's all yours. Um, thanks. Uh, so Joshua will be charged with leading these people into Canaan. And uh, we're going to read 
from verse 6 of uh, Deuteronomy 31. Okay, first of all, uh, these are the words of Moses, who happens to be aged 120. A bit older than me. Um, he's 120 and he's speaking, first of all, to Israel. He's saying, verse 6, Be strong and courageous. Do not be ter afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 7, Moses is now speaking to Joshua. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And then verse 23. And here the Lord is speaking to Joshua. The Lord gave this command to Joshua son of Nun. Be strong and courageous for you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on oath. And I myself will be with you. Okay, here's a question. If you've been Joshua, what do you think the Lord was trying to say to you? <laughs> Any ideas? Be strong and courageous. Yeah, I think the message is getting through. Okay, the Lord is saying be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I am going with you. I will never leave you. And so this message is presented to Joshua before we even get to Joshua chapter 1. So let's turn over to Joshua chapter 1, uh, which is the next book in the Bible, page 216, I think, in the Church Bibles. And um, I want you to, to help me with this. So every time we get to the words strong and courageous, I want you to say them, okay? So you'll have to be reading and listening very carefully because they come one or two times in our reading. Okay, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Yeah, a bit more. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. 
meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Verse 16. Then the people answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them, will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Yes. Great. Got the message? Okay. You may be thinking, of course, um, you know, that's easier said than done being strong and courageous. But I believe there are some God-given principles here. And you could call them command principles. Uh, because Joshua was a leader. But I believe these are principles for all of us. All of us who are engaged in the battle. All of us who are obeying that call to go. Okay, so this is for you. It's not for the person sitting next to you, well it is, but it's not, it's not for exclusive groups of people. This is for all of us. And I have four headings. The Lord calls, commissions, commands and commits. Okay, brilliant. They all begin with the same letter so we can remember them. First of all, the Lord calls. Let's look at Joshua's CV. Joshua had spent his youth in slavery in Egypt. He'd been there with the people, he'd been doing his share of the hard labour, he'd seen the supernatural plagues, he'd watched as the waters of the Red Sea had opened before them. Joshua had been there in that place with all these people for many, many years. Later, he had led his troops to victory against an enemy that had come against them. And then as Moses' assistant, Joshua went with Moses to receive the stone tablets of the law on Mount Sinai. It was just Joshua who had the, the awesome responsibility of accompanying Moses up the mountain. Joshua was one of the twelve spies. And you'll remember the story, only Joshua and Caleb were willing to go into Canaan immediately. Only Joshua and Caleb gave a favourable report. I can imagine, however, spending 40 years in the desert, just occasionally Joshua must have asked God, what was this leading to? And maybe you've got questions this morning. Questions that you're asking God. What is going on? What, what is this all about? This situation I'm facing, this time of my life, what is happening? 
Jesus loved to describe himself as the good shepherd. The shepherd who calls his sheep by name and leads them out. He knows you by name. He calls you by name. And he leads you out as a lamb amongst wolves. To quote our verse for the year. He knows you by name. He's got your number. Before God called me to be a pastor, I spent 25 years in education, initially as a teacher and then as a youth and community worker. And during those years, I often used to ask God, what is this all about? You know, I, I believe you have called me, called me to serve you, you've the call on my life to, to be a pastor, to pastor the flock in whatever capacity is there. But why this long wait? Um, until one day God said to me, now, now is the time. And I know that those years of working with young people were in fact God's way of preparing me. It's actually very good preparation for pastoring a church. Um, because uh, you can imagine, you know, young people aren't sometimes the easiest of people to, to work with, and, and you know, they're occasionally a little bit rebellious and a little bit argumentative and a little bit difficult to, to cope with, and, um, and sometimes they're just plain awkward. Well, actually, God was preparing me. <laughs> you can you know, draw your own conclusions. Um, but God has can use the situations that we go through, can use our life experience to prepare us. He's been watching you from day one, yeah. and he knows what you have been through. He will use our circumstances, he will use our life experiences to prepare us. Romans 8, 28, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called. The Lord calls, and the Lord calls every single one of us. The Lord called Joshua and prepared him, and now he was the obvious choice to succeed Moses. Secondly, the Lord commissions. Joshua had several significant meetings with God when he knew without a doubt that God was giving him the green light, the go-ahead, the call, the commission. Joshua chapter 5 and verse 15, there's a description of Joshua going on a recce into Jericho. And on his way he sees a man, a heavenly figure, standing in front of him with a drawn sword. And this heavenly figure says to Joshua, take off your sandals, you're standing on holy ground. I am commander of the army of the Lord. What an encounter. To know that the armies of heaven are backing you up. Joshua's, Joshua was undoubtedly the man for the job. 
He was confirmed, he was commissioned, he was empowered for this extraordinary task. In this church, we like to commission people for particular leadership responsibilities. And so a few weeks back, uh, we commissioned two new debt coaches to work with Christians Against Poverty uh, across the South Hams. Last week, we commissioned our mission community leaders. Why do we do this? Well, we, first of all, we want to publicly recognise them. We want everyone to know these people have been appointed into a leadership responsibility. They are the people who will be leading these particular groups. And secondly, we are authorising them. We are saying you go with the authority, not only of the Lord, but the authority of the local church. And thirdly, we're saying we want to pray that you will be filled with God's Holy Spirit and empowered for the work that God has called you to do. And so we're doing all of that by commissioning people. It's not just a sort of nice little way of getting people up the front and saying, you know, here, here they are, uh, remember to pray for them. And, um, you know, just in case you've forgotten who's leading these groups, uh, it's this group of people. We're saying these people have to go in the power and the authority that God gives them. And they need to be filled. Let's pray that they'll be filled with God's Holy Spirit and empowered uh, for the work that God has called them to. Last year we had a new gas heater fitted in our church lounge. Uh, the previous one was slightly temperamental. It had been there for about 30 years and it didn't always work and there was occasionally a sort of slight whiff and you wondered, is this thing going to give up on us, explode or whatever? And so we decided now is the time to condemn the old heater and to have a new one fitted. So a smart, shiny gas heater arrived with all sorts of dials and switches and our gas engineer fitted it. Of course, for it to be any use, for it to heat that very cold room, first it had to be commissioned by our heating engineer and he switched on the gas, he pressed ignition and woof, it worked, it burst into life. And you know, it is exactly the same with us. We may look smart and shiny with all sorts of knobs and dials, we may look just the part but without that commissioning, without the, the power of God and the Holy Spirit ignition to enable us to burst into life, we're, we're really rather useless. We need that presence of God's Holy Spirit. We need God's power in our lives and we need that to be effective. And you know, it is so good that so many of you asked for a fresh anointing of God's Holy Spirit last week. We had three stations up the front here, and most of the church came forward 
to ask for a fresh anointing of God's Holy Spirit, to ask that we could, could go with the power and authority that God gives us. Do you know, we can ask the Holy Spirit to fill us every day. And I really encourage you to do that. It's something that I try very often to do at the start of each day, to be filled with the Spirit. That's an instruction that Paul gives the Ephesians. Literally, go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so God calls and God commissions. And then he commands. Let's look at the commands given to Joshua as he becomes leader. This is Joshua chapter 1. There's a number of commands there in, that, in those opening verses. Verse 2, get ready. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. Verse 7, obey. Do not turn to the right or the left. In other words, do as I say. The Lord is commanding Joshua. And how important those commands are, especially in battle situations. We live in a culture where commands are often questioned or ignored. And we say, does that, does that really apply to me? You know, you see the command, don't cross the road. And you think, okay, and you, there's no cars coming, you, you make a dash for it. Okay, you see the command, uh, 70. Okay, well, I can just, you know, dials are wavering a little, I've just got a little bit, little bit faster. Okay, there's a command, and of course it's given for our, our benefit, it's given to, actually to save lives. Um, the best example of the importance of unquestioning obedience to the command uh, is probably in the armed forces. And that's why the training is often so tough. You have to obey, even if the command is unreasonable or impossible. Unquestioning obedience is required. You obey even if you're exhausted, cold, wet, disorientated, incredulous. You obey. Just do it without questioning. Why? Well, it's not because you've got this maniac who's, who's commanding you. You obey because in battle situations, your life and the lives of your mates are not endangered if you are obedient. Immediate, unquestioning obedience saves lives and achieves victory. I don't know where I got that from, but it sounds like a really good slogan. Um, Perhaps it's a military thing, I can't remember. Um, immediate, unquestioning obedience saves lives and achieves victory. Actually, that's a really good instruction for us as we go. What, do, what commands do we hear from the Lord? Well, from our commanding officer, well, 
the command is to go. It's the one that we seem to be hearing all the time, to go. And immediate, unquestioning obedience saves lives and achieves victory. Wow. Okay? It gathers in the harvest. I think that's something to hold on to. Okay? It's obedience, not to the instructions that our pastor gives us. It's unquestioning obedience to the commands that God has for each one of us. So God calls, he commissions, he commands, and fourthly, he commits. Actually, the word I really want is promises, but it doesn't begin with a C, so <laughs> we could have had covenants, actually, that would have been quite good. The point I'm making is this, the Lord commits to each one of us. He makes promises over our lives. It's a covenant God that we serve. Notice, however, that these are conditional promises. The Lord says to Joshua and the people, If you obey, Joshua chapter 1, I will give you, first of all, territory. I will give you success and victory. And I will give you my constant presence. And I think those three things are what we want as a church and what all of us want individually. First of all, territory. Verse 3. I will give you every place where you set your foot. We so often pray your kingdom come, your will be done. And we long to see the kingdom extended. We long to see the church growing in maturity as well as numerically. We long to see people becoming Christians. We long to see our territory extended. Twenty years ago, Polly and I were profoundly impacted by the early transformation videos. Uh, these were films that cast a vision of the transformation of entire communities. And at that time, and ever since, we've known God calling us to commit the rest of our lives to seeing God's kingdom come in Totnes and the South Hams. We've known that call on our lives, that command of the Lord to pastor the flock both in the church and the community. The Lord promises, I will give you every place where you set your foot if you obey. Secondly, the Lord promises success and victory. Verse 8, then you will be prosperous and successful. Verse 5, no one will be able to stand up against you. Success is not a dirty word. Okay, it's not something to be embarrassed about. It's not a 
an unchristian concept. There's this terrible old joke where the church member comes up to the pastor after a particularly inspiring preach and the church member says to the pastor, that was so good, pastor. And the pastor, who's slightly embarrassed, says, no, 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 it wasn't me, it was the Lord. And the church member says, oh, it wasn't that good. <laughs> we want God to be glorified. We can't do anything in our own strength. And I believe that over the years, he has given us and continues to give us the victory. He continues to give us success. I believe we've known his favour in our relationships, in our youth and Sunday club work, in the success of the Alpha course, in enabling many people to find faith in Jesus. Through Christians Against Poverty, in our leadership, in our finances, in many, many different ways. God has graciously granted us success and victory. To God be the glory. But I believe there's much, much more that he wants to give us. We don't just rest on our laurels and think, well, what an achievement. Thank you, Lord. We ask for the Lord to go on giving us success and victory. God promises territory, he promises success and victory, and thirdly, he promises his constant presence. My presence will go with you. I will go with you wherever you go. And you know, we can't survive without it. The history of the people of Israel is one of rebellion and disobedience. And as a result, God withdrew his presence and the people perished and the people were defeated and in some cases were, were sent into exile. We can only be strong and courageous if we know that the Lord our God is with us wherever we go. Finally, the, the battles which are described in the book of Joshua would not have been won without the cooperation of Joshua and his fellow leaders and the people. And I believe it's the same in our lives and the same in this church. The battles that we face currently and that we will continue to face will not be won without the cooperation of Joshua, of the leader, the people, and those who are leading our small groups. And most importantly, nothing of kingdom value, nothing of significance will be achieved without Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right at the helm of our lives. The Lord says to you and me, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. 
Before we pray, I just want to leave you with a couple of questions. I've spoken quite a bit this morning about the call. And I want to ask you, first of all, have you heard God calling you? Jesus calls us to follow him. He says, come, follow me. And so here's the, the question, would you call yourself a follower of Jesus? Because if he's called you, and if you've responded to that call, you are now a follower of Jesus. <clears throat> Have you heard him calling you? And then secondly, do you know God's call on your life? It may be the call to be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Maybe if you have recently been appointed as a mission community leader, you have been called to be a shepherd of God's flock that is under your care. That's a quote from 1 Peter 5. Maybe it's the call, God's call on your life, is to go with the good news. I believe actually that's the call for every single one of us. Uh, none of us is excluded from that. These are the words of Jesus, the final words of Jesus to his followers. Go into all the world. Go, teach, baptise, tell others. Maybe it's a call to pray. Maybe that's what you can do at this stage in your life. To pray, to pray for your leaders, to pray for those uh, in authority, as we've been reminded this morning. To pray for those who are actively going with the good news. To pray for the, the spiritual life of this local church. To pray for our outreach into this community. Maybe the call on your life is to teach or to preach or to serve or to practice hospitality. There are so many ways in which God calls us and equips us. These are gifts of his Holy Spirit and we want to know God's presence with us and we want to know God's call on our lives. Last week we quoted that verse, that encouragement from Paul to Timothy. I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. As we respond to God's call, let's do so knowing that he goes with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go.